Hey, sports fans, Kaylee Mizell here. This is Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell, presented by International Diamond Center. Thank you guys so much for joining me, and boy, do I have a treat for you this week. Anyone who has ever wondered, how do NBA teams make decisions? How do they go into the draft? How do they analyze players? This is the episode for you. It is so insightful. I talked to Matt Lloyd from the Orlando Magic. Lloyd is the vice president of basketball operations. He's been with the Magic for 10 seasons. Prior to the Magic, he spent 13 seasons with the Chicago Bulls. He's from Chicago. He has done everything from being the director of scouting to even being the interim general manager during the 2017 offseason. He is a fascinating guy. Uh, really, really cool to talk to him and to get inside his mind as the Orlando Magic have the number one pick in the NBA draft in here in the next month or so. So we get into everything from the Orlando Magic's trajectory to who he is interested in uh, picking. Uh, so stay tuned. It is a fantastic episode. Before we get too far into it, I'm going to have a quick abbreviated news and notes. So for those who haven't been keeping up with the Lightning, they swept the Panthers in four games. Uh, really came out in games one and two and, and, and showed themselves. Andre Vasilevsky, really the guy who dominated all of these games. Uh, but, but really great shout outs to uh, all of the forwards, all of the defensemen, so many blocked shots. We saw Brandon Hagel go down. We saw Steven Stamkos go down. Eric Chernak multiple times going down, going back into the locker room, getting bandaged up. So having a few days to rest and heal before their next series, they will either play the Carolina Hurricanes or the New York Rangers, and we will find that out here in the next few days. The Tampa Bay Rays start today a series, a four-game series against the New York Yankees. And I will have warming up live for you guys. So be sure to follow Bally Rays on Twitter. And then also follow Bally Lightning because it's the postseason and you want your you want your updates. Come on. I know that you do. So uh, that is that for news and notes. Some really exciting stuff happening uh, in the Tampa Bay and Orlando area. So that's Tampa Bay covered for you guys. And now we're going to get into the Orlando magic. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. A lot of people talk about clarity, they talk about color, they talk about the size. The cut is the most important. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire talks about the most important of the four C's, the cut. The way the diamond is cut is 60% of the value. Keith says it's like comparing two men who weigh the same but don't look at all alike. One may look like Tim Tebow and the other one looks like me. I highly recommend you stay with Tebow. <laughs> International Diamond Center. Buy the one that looks like Tim Tebow. Take me back to to a younger Matt Lloyd. When did you know or think, hey, I, I'm I might be good enough at like deciphering and scouting and analyzing uh, basketball players to do this and get paid to do it? Oh, what a question. Um, I don't know if we have enough time to unless I, maybe we do, but. I, I was really young and really kind of fell in love with basketball. And um, as I got older, um, I know, realized I wasn't any good because I never got to go in the games. So uh, from my perspective, sitting on the bench, I was able to, uh, to watch the players and see, you know, who was good, and who was bad. Um, I don't think anyone is, and I'm definitely not, uh, 
going to ever claim to have all the answers in terms of player evaluation. It's such an intricate blend of science and art. Um, but, you know, I think when I was probably a senior in high school, I said, I'm, I'm going to try to be a, a high school basketball coach and, and teach history or, or, or something like that. It was stuff that I was interested in. I was interested in history and I was really interested in basketball. And um, having watched the basketball coach at my high school, um, he really had an impact on me in terms of like how he handled people, how he communicated, um, what he did. So I would have been happy um, working in at any capacity in basketball. And the NBA was just a thousand miles away. Um, I had no entry point other than um, the, the, the stroke of luck to have grown up, you know, not, being best friends with someone that got a job and like got me in. Um, and then I tried to take it from there. So um, progressing over the time, it, 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 as you watch and, and try to attempt to evaluate and decipher who's good and bad, um, get the luck of, of experience and you get to see a lot of players come and go and uh, the capacity to apply that, um, who, who made it and who didn't make it is something that um, you know, I take really seriously. So uh, I, I, I have no idea when that happened. Um, but but I'm I'm really grateful it did and 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 especially grateful to to be here uh, sitting here with you today. Well, yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to kind of um, get into just the the inner workings. And so you mentioned something there. You said you know um, there's there's like two aspects of it. There's like what you see, and then like what you can't see. Like maybe like the data points. Mm -hmm with this ever-changing world the fact that we like analytics are such a thing now um the game of basketball has changed drastically you know uh in in the last few decades and and will continue to evolve how do you blend what you see like the eye test with all of the data that you can collect and knowing that like the game could change there's there's the reality that like and like being on the forefront of all of that's a that's a lot to juggle. How do you put yourself in a position to to balance all of those things? Is there one thing that you're is like that you hone in on is like the most important thing to you? Um, not necessarily. You know, the the most important thing to me uh, um, is is really making sure that we have all the information delivered to to Jeff and John. So when the time comes to make that decision, um, we've vetted everything. And you're totally right. The explosion of these, of, of analytics over the last 10 years uh, across, not just sports, but, you know, in, in general life, it, it, there's a lot of things that um, have, have happened over the last, like even 10, 15 years that you, we never would have thought of before. And um, we uh, are really lucky here at the magic. When Jeff got here, he made a, a strong commitment to enhance the resources we had around the analytics department and around Helping that, helping that segment of of our operation in our front office, really helping us make decisions. So, um, it's been it's been really cool to watch. And I was as much of a um, we talked about like coming off the bench and kind of watching the players. That was one thing that I felt early on in my career. I really had to have a grasp of was what that was saying. And now it surpassed my ability to um, compile it. But I still so enjoy it attempting to interpret it and understand it. So we have to blend a lot of things and in, in, and that's, you know, the, the, uh, all the inputs that we're getting, um, not only from scouting, but in from data, um, but from, you know, our background and in Intel collection uh, modules, that, that, that stuff all has to be weighted. And it's the, um, you know, Jeff has 
Jeff and John really have the the responsibility and the uh, the real you know talent to put all that put the proper weights on that when we make these decisions. And over the last um, you know at, since they've been here, the decisions that we made um, kind of speak for themselves in terms of where the team's going and the direction the team's going. And and analytics has definitely played a played a role in that. Yeah, and I mean, and not to like bury the lead, but I mean, you guys find yourselves in an incredible position this year. Um, I'm sure with that comes, I don't know, from my perspective, I'd be scared, you know, like I'm sure there's a pressure that comes with that, with the number one overall pick, like that, you know, there is a pressure of like, we got to get this right. How do you, like, do you, I mean, I know that, well, this will get into other questions I ask later on about who's in the room and like the act, the actual decision making and all that kind of stuff. But like, just in, in terms of like gathering the information, is there, do you feel a lot of pressure? Like whenever you obviously excitement, but then it's like, Oh snap, this is, this is real. We got to do this. Yeah. It was really exciting that night. Um, and you know, uh, for just for, to again, use data, <laughs> um, given the cycle that we've kind of all gone through in society the last couple of years, this is going to be the third draft pick we make over the course of 582 days. So the amount of work that um, our staff has done in that 582 day cycle is incredible. I cannot give those guys enough wow. credit. Um, and I wish I could put them all in here with me and I wish I could like line them up because they're the ones that are really, you know, doing the work um, on a day-to-day basis to, help facilitate this decision. And it's not pressure. Um, it's more excitement and anxiety. Um, the anxiety is, is, is a positive one because it's really going to be the culmination of all of our work over the course of the year. And I I just couldn't be more excited for everyone that works here. I've been here. This is my going to be my 11th season with the magic. And this opportunity in front of us is amazing. Um, it's, the, the people that work here on a day-to-day basis in ticket sales and marketing um, in, in any sort of front office capacity, this was, I was so happy for them on that night that I, it, it was almost, you know, you almost kind of wanted to shed a tear just because everything that we've worked for in the last, uh, call it 18 months, um, the opportunity to make that number one pick is, is, is more exciting than it is um, fear inducing or, or, or to generate any sort of like negative anxiety. It's, it's really a really great opportunity. Um, and now it's our responsibility to take the next, uh, 33 days and in line everything up and, and make the right, the right call. Luckily, you know, 85% of the work is done. This last 15% is, um, is always jammed into a shorter time window, but we've worked all year towards, uh, making sure that we've met certain, checkpoints to in 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 our in our schedule to 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 attempt to facilitate that we were had to anticipate something like this happening and and luckily it did yeah so kind of take me through that process like do you know whenever they announce like hey it's number one or if it was number two or number five or whatever do you know okay we're gonna go with this guy like if if we've got one this is gonna be our guy or does it really kind of come down to the last minute of like Oh, I don't know. Is it okay? It's going to be him. I, I would say we, we we probably will go through a very thorough process to make the decision, <laughs> and um, it's uh, it would be our it's it's really our responsibility to kind of go through that process and let that process determine and dictate who who that player you know is going to be on the night of the draft. Um, Jeff Weltman is uh, someone that puts a lot of time in in intricate study into these these critical decisions and he relies on 
a lot of people, John, John Hammond, myself, Pete Alessandro, Anthony Parker, um, the, the, the list goes on. All those people that I referenced earlier, every one of them has a, has a, little, had a little part in, in that decision being made. Um, but we will go through like a very thorough um, process to, to make that call and to make that decision as we've done you know, for the five drafts that uh, previous drafts that he's been here. And I'm excited about it. it, it it's just such a rare opportunity. I've been part of this one other time um, in, in a previous position and it's, there's nothing like the thrill of that night and, and seeing all that stuff come together. So, okay. So then, so you guys are, you, you said 85% of the work is done. You guys have, have, uh, you, you guys, for my, I listen to a few other podcasts. You, do you have like spreadsheets and you guys meet up throughout the year and you kind of like go through like, Hey, this is where I've got this guy. This is where I've got this guy. And you kind of talk through. So, I assume you have like some type of spreadsheet or some type of data assessment that, that you guys are all sharing now. What's the last 15% like, you know, um, is it like just meeting guys in person? Is it like that? Is it that character piece? Do you meet their families? Like what, what are, what are you doing in the last, you know, like if you're super serious about someone, what, what's, what are, what are some of the steps you're taking? Such a good question. So, so um, this last, the last 15% really comes down to, you know, getting, meeting them in person and, and, and really like the opportunity that other great opportunities to introduce them to the great, um, uh, to, to central Florida and, and Orlando, yeah. you know, so they'll come in and, and they'll get to see the city and the city sells itself. Um, you know, the oh, number of sure. players that play here and then move on and then still maintain their residency here is very high. Um, because it's such a great place to live and it's such a great place to, to, to be. Um, and we get to introduce those players to central Florida and, and to the Orlando uh, area in particular. And that's a great opportunity for us. So that's that last 15% is really just the personal interactions we'll have with the players and of them introducing themselves to us. But we also have the responsibility of, of representing Orlando and the, and the, and the magic organization and the DeVos family to the level to which, you know, uh, the, and the high standard that we hold ourselves to. So that's like the, the short version of what the last 15% is like. So how many got like, how many, I don't, and I obviously, if you can't tell me these things, then that's fine. But like, <laughs> how many guys are you like inviting in? Is this like, you know, like the, maybe like the top 10 guys on your list or are you bringing all of those guys in and, um, you know, it, 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 like to kind of get that assessment, that final 15%. They'll, they'll be, it'll be, um, that's the beauty of having the first pick too, is that we kind of control the draft. So we'll bring, we'll bring a, a healthy number of people. And we also have 32 and 35. Yeah. So, um, that, that part of the draft process doesn't go, um, away either. So we yeah. have to, we have to bring players in for, for, to evaluate them for 32 and 35. We just were at the combine for a week. Um, we had the opportunity to meet several players in person in the interview segments that they set up for us. We get to watch them work out. Their agents and representatives put on um, individual pro days for them. So the amount of information that we gathered there uh, allows us to, to, to kind of start to close the book on a couple guys, but we'll start cycling players in too to, um, for, for not just for one, but for 32 and 35 as well. So there'll be a fair amount of players that we brought in. We brought in several um, uh, players last year when we had five and eight. Um, and just gaining this exposure to everyone is, it's such a great opportunity for us, uh, to, to meet a, a, a big group of players that are obviously going to be in the NBA for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, historically the magic have had 
success. I mean, you know, with, with that, with that number one pick, um, you know, you look at the track record, um, you know, with, with, with Shaq and, you know, Dwight Howard. And like, I mean, those are, <laughs> those are, I mean, those names speak for themselves. Um, you, you mentioned the excitement. I mean, is there that level of excitement of like what this can be of what this, you know, hopefully should be with, with all of the hard work that you guys are putting in to, to find a name that, you know, is, is going to, you know, be synonymous with basketball and, and greatness for a long time. Yeah, I think, you know, it, and it's more the opportunity to add another piece to what we've, to, to what we've established, you know, over the last 18 months um, and, and see that piece fit with the guys that we have and, and for that piece to, to help those guys and for those guys to help him. And, and um, it's, it's more just the opportunity to continue to, to build the right way. And, and when Jeff and John, when, when Jamal Mosley was hired last year, um, that was another great step too, because Jamal is the same guy every single day. He has done an excellent job of like establishing a culture of work and a culture of communication um, and a culture of player development. And for the ages of the players that we have on the team, um, that's really helped them. Um, we, we had a great success before Jamal came here in terms of what we had and that group being built up. Um, we made the playoffs two times in a row and then took the team in, in, in this direction. And Jamal um, has really done an excellent job of, of starting to build that foundation. The players that we drafted over the last two, three seasons have done a great job of kind of buying into that and, and um, you know, attempting to make the most of themselves, um, not both on the floor and off the floor. So this opportunity comes to, you know, add another, another piece to that, to that puzzle. Yeah. I mean, you guys have, have, have such a young team, a young roster and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 like you said, I mean, it's a very exciting time um, to to work for, you know, be a fan of or, you know, anything to do with the magic because it, there's just such an upward trajectory um, kind of on that note then. So so when you're analyzing these guys, how much of it is, you know, and maybe you kind of answered my question, but like how much of it is this guy is the most talented guy versus like this guy is really, really great, but might fit in better with our group. You know what I mean? Like, could we see, I don't know, like, is that the most important thing? Like the fitting in with the group, like even if, if it foregoes, like maybe he's not like in terms of raw talent, the most talented, but he fits in with our group the best. And he's going to make this entire piece work together and move in the direction that we want to go in. Yeah. It's such a, um, it's such a, like a philosophical uh, question and that's a good one. And there's parts of the, the, the question, the way it was, you asked it um, there's, we take parts of all of that stuff yeah, and it really weigh it weighs in all together. And um, you know, Jeff does such a good job of being detailed in making these, these critical decisions and answer, asking those questions. I mean, he asks us those questions yeah. and, um, and he, he, uh, he looks at things through, um, you know, a microscope not, and not, a, not a telescope. Like he's really getting very detailed in terms of attempting to, to find the answers to those questions. And I would say parts of, it's such a bad answer, Kaylee, like, but, but it's, but parts of, parts of all that stuff kind of come together yeah. and it's, it's not something that we, you know, take lightly, and and we have we have to to get to the bottom of those questions uh, 
over the next 30, 35 days to, to, to answer them. And, um, but we will, <laughs> and, and we will be detailed in, in how we get to the answers as well. Obviously, we, we, you've mentioned several times, and 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 I apologies if if my questions are like assuming that you make this decision. That's that's I I know that it is a a combination of a lot of different things. But uh, getting into that, there is a place where the buck stops, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There there is like there is a person who it's like ah, at the end of the day, it's this, it's your decision. But who was all in the room? You know, you mentioned Jamal. You mentioned player development. I, I spoke to Becky, um, you know, on the on the podcast uh, a, a few weeks back. Who was all in the room, like, it participating in this decision, or is it, or is it one of those things where does he function best? Does Jeff function best? Like getting all of the information and then going into the room by himself and like processing and making the decision. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, the first off, the, the podcast with Becky was excellent. Oh, and it thank was, you. It was, yeah, She's it was incredible. Really cool. Yeah, she was she was great. Um, the we're really lucky um, because you know Jeff, Jeff there, there's no one titles and all that sort of thing. Um, once we're in the room, you know those those things are you know kind of tossed aside, and he takes input from everybody. Um, and but once we get in the room on the on the night of the draft, our whole staff is in there. We we do the draft. Um, uh, here at the Amway Center in a in the like the Sky Lounge, the 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 Bank United Vault Center. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's been there, but it's it overlooks the city and it's kind of like a circular room that the windows are top to ceiling to floor, and it's such a great view because it 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 does show us like you know we're we're really attempting to to um, enhance the community pride by by having a winning team. You know, so we see the whole city. It's almost like a, a uh, laid out right in front of us and we're all in that room and and that's not just not just our scouting staff and, and not just our um, you know kind of like leadership group but all of our analytics people and all of our performance staff and um, so it's it that night it's um, it's it's an organizational uh, celebration of all of our work it's a it's a it's a celebration of all the work the organization has done getting to that point um, and you know, so he, he takes input from everybody and, and, and it's really like a, uh, um, but it's our responsibility to make sure that input is, is right and vetted and uh, cleaned and, and made sure that he, he sees it in an efficient manner um, because we can't waste his time. And, and it's not, it's, it's all this stuff that's coming in, like we talked about before, all the input and all the data and all the, the, the opinions and stuff, he has to, to process that. And it's our responsibility to help him by making it efficient um, and correct. So, uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. And, um, but, but he, he, Jeff's very good at, at taking everyone's opinion and processing. Don't worry, fans. There is so much more to come. And next up we get into the drama of draft night. Is it really how we all imagine in the movies with people running around and trades coming in at the last minute? Matt gives me an inside look into what it's like in the room on draft night so you get as close as you can be a fly on the wall like you're almost there uh all that and more after this break 
At IDC, you're going to see more diamonds than you ever imagined in one place at prices you never thought possible. IDC owner Keith LeClaire. Nobody's ever accused me of not having enough diamonds. We're talking 30 times the selection of ordinary jewelry stores all at rock bottom, no middleman prices, right? We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere, period. International Diamond Center. If you're in the market to buy a diamond and you don't come to IDC, you are nuts. <laughs> If somebody makes a pick that you're like, oh, I was going to, you know what I mean? Then, then obviously plans change, right? And you have to be yep. like on the fly. That's not something you're going to have to deal with first in this situation. Obviously, you know, you you have other picks and you're going to have to navigate those. Um, but like, is is there like excitement of like things kind of coming down last minute and on the fly? And is it like that? Am I just, is this like the movies that I'm like making this up or is it, is there really an aspect of it that's like, you know, like, oh, this person got so-and-so and this has happened here and oh, okay, okay. Look at the, you know, wh what we have, we're going to do this. Yeah. I've, I've never been to like um, Wall Street or, or, or like the stock market, the New York Stock Exchange. I've never been on the floor there. But, but you see it in the movies and how it's yeah. representative and all these guys are kind of like, you know, sending hand signals. I'm sure it's a lot more detailed than that. Yeah. Um, we, we, we probably know a lot of what is going to happen that night uh, before that night. Yeah. So um, you, you have like a, a, an ability to anticipate the moves of the, of the people ahead of you and behind you based on, um, you know, knowing their trends, knowing their, their, uh, their strategies and, and, and knowing their history. So it, there's never really something that comes up that surprises us. Um, and, and it's kind of our responsibility to maintain, um, you know, an even keel, but it is really exciting yeah. and it's hard, you know, especially if, you know, that's like the, the, the Super Bowl of scouting is, is that, that day, yeah. you know, and, and everything starts to happen and you close the book on that season. And then the next day you, you open the book up and you start, you start working towards the, the next draft. So, um, there's, there's nothing, everything that, that comes, I can't remember if there's, there's really never, I've never been like shocked or surprised or, or, yeah. or something like that, because usually by that point, you've, you've kind of sussed through all the, the potential things that could happen and, and you've processed them and um, you've, you're having conversations with, with uh, executives from other teams and stuff starts to get out and, and there's chatter and you have to, to kind of like work through what you think is real and what you don't think, but there's nothing really that surprises us, but it is exciting in the moment for sure. Do, do teams like send out fake reports to try to like, you know, get people off the scent type thing? Like, is that, <laughs> I'm sure I, there's a, I, I'm sure that people use this 24 hours news cycle to their advantage, Yeah, you know, and, and then you can um, really, the, the best thing to do is kind of re reverse engineer it after the draft is over and attempt to, to put together who said what to whom and why. So, you know, next time that, that, that may be, you know, the same strategy playing out ahead of time, but it's, you know, the, the um, I'm sure there's people in teams that do that. Uh, I, I just, I just don't know, you know, yeah. um, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not something that like I've been subject to or, or, or participated in. It's really um, a part of the process and you have to, our responsibility is to kind of like maintain, like take out the noise, you know, if they, and, and sometimes that, that tends to be noise. Yeah. So what I'm, so what I'm hearing from you and it makes sense, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just like, I, I feel like everybody wants, and maybe, maybe it's just me. Like there's like 
I've never been in the room. I don't know. I don't know what it's like, but you want. We'll have, we'll have you in there this oh, year. Oh, great. Can come in Thank and, you. Yeah. I, I, you can come in and make the pick. You can come in and make the pick. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's a big promise. <laughs> um, so, so it just like, yeah, you, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the wall street analogy. It kind of, it like, that's like kind of like what you imagine in your mind. Cause it's, cause you're not there and it just seems so exciting. And so like, Oh, like this, anything could happen type thing. But the reality is, is like, if you're doing your job well, then like everything you said is, is right. Like you should be anticipating what's ahead of you, what's after you, you should be able to anticipate like what other teams are doing. And then you should be able to like, say like, okay, I'm anticipating these, this is what's going to happen. So this should be our move. And then like, if this other thing happens, then this should be our move. Like if you're doing your job well, then in reality, I guess there, there should be no surprises. Um, Yeah. I I can say like, we, we traded our second round pick um, a couple times in the last and, and Pete D'Alessandro and Steven Mervis who work on our stat, our strategy group, they do such a good job. I love watching that happen and unfold the night of the draft because they're basically, um, I wish I had two telephones, but they're both basically like this, you know, and fielding offers from other teams um, on as the, as the time is clicking down and, and they're both walking around with two phones, talking to four teams and attempting to, to, to finalize these trades. And I really, it's, it's the coolest thing to watch because, but they know with instant recall, the situations of those other teams and their future pick um, the future picks that they have. And um, you know, the, 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 the players whose draft rights who are playing overseas that they hold, and they know all that like instant recall. And so as they, as they get work through it, um, you know, it's really, it's really fun to watch, but I'm sure at the moment there's a lot of like, uh, you know, that's like the wall street part of it with yeah. people yelling and screaming and, and, you know, uh, papers getting torn up and, and all that oh sort of thing. It's, it's, yeah, yes. it's, it's, that sounds <laughs> stressful, but also so cool. Um, yeah, it is that's cool. the part that I want to like, see, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, maybe one day, maybe one day we can, I can be a fly on the wall and just pretend that, that I don't exist and just take everything in. Um, yep. that, that sounds really cool. Uh, and I'm, and I'm really excited for you guys. Um, for you, is there like, is there anything else in your life? Like, is, is it just basketball that you're this analytical about, or is this like your personality? Are you like, do you like tend to analyze everything and like really kind of like, okay, we're going to do this or check out all my options. Like if, if you're like redoing your house, are you inviting all of these like contractors out and getting all the quotes and, or is it just basketball that you're kind of like this analytical and like wanting to figure this out with, obviously it's your job. So not trying to downplay it, but I'm just wondering if there's a part of your personality that like maybe makes, maybe is why you're so good at this job. Uh, I, well, gee, thank you. First off, I, I think that's probably a question for my wife because <laughs> um, if, if we moved or someone thing or, or we changed houses and stuff, um, I, I, I really don't do any of that, <laughs> you no, know? So I, like... I, I, that's, she, she takes care of all that sort of thing. And um, I, I tend to, to, I think my personality as I've, you know, at turned 49 years old, I think my personality, I've kind of come to the realization that the things that I really like to do, I go like full blown into them. So for example, if I had been, um, uh, I don't know, uh, if I had been uh, into baseball, I'd, I would have attempted to learn everything I could possibly learn about baseball. And it just happened that, you know, when I was, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years, 11, 11 years old, my, my, 
my uncles were a little bit older than me. They were like 10 years older than me. And I kind of looked up to them and they played basketball. And so to be in their presence required, I had to go to basketball games. And cause I wanted to, to kind of follow them around. I was like their little brother. Yeah. And, um, they, you know, they were both decent, good basketball players, but they really liked it. So I liked it. And, you know, it was difficult. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. It was really difficult to get tickets to the Bulls games. Um, Cause when I was 12 years old was Michael Jordan's uh, rookie year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and wow. it was just, it was impossible. So there was a, there was a minor league team and I loved that minor league team. And, you know, uh, it was the Rockford lightning. We, my grandpa would take me up to the games. We, it was an hour and a half. We'd come back that night. But um, basketball was something that I just really wanted to know and learn as much about. And, and there's that learning process does not stop. There's, there's, you, you, there's constantly things that you can, I love sitting and talking to our coaches about the strategy of the game. I loved talking to like the older scouts that are on the circuit. And I, that when I was young, I kind of attempted to attach myself to as many of them as I, as I possibly could just to hear what they were saying and, and, and how they were saying it, you know, like I wanted to learn their language. And so I think my personality to answer your question is, is one that if, if there's something that I have a lot of interest in, I go full blown into that, um, you know, picking out the house and trying to get a new air conditioner. I, that's not something I'm interested in. So luckily, um, you know, my wife takes care of all that for, for us. Um, but I think if you asked her that question, she would be like, no, he doesn't do, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have this passion about anything other than work. So, um, but, but it's just something I get, it's a great, um, my great luck in life is that I get to get up every morning and do something I have a lot of interest and passion in and about. Um, and so I don't ever take that for granted and it, and it's, um, it's just something I'm very lucky to do. Yeah, I I have those pinch me moments all the time. Getting to work in sports and getting to have conversations, you know, like this with you, um, I I feel the same way. It's 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 definitely a fun, um, a, a fun life for sure. Um, so I I I kind of want to you know kind of like on that note, getting in a little bit more about you. So tell me a little bit more. Growing up in Chicago in the Michael Jordan era, and then later on, then working for the Bulls, you worked for them before you came to the Magic. That I mean, that must have been you know, like kind of like a lifelong dream, right? It, it, was that was that your? Because that's the hometown team. Like that's yeah. I, I think if you'd have told me at 1985, at, at 12 years old, that oh you're going to work, you know you'll in 1999 you'll get finally get hired full-time by the Chicago Bulls I just said no way you know like there was just no chance they had no I had no access point no entry point to that um and I got really lucky um I did get a full-time position uh, after working in the video room for four years um basically as a, a day of game employee uh, uh uh and an, and I worked at night um I got hired full-time in the marketing department and worked there for three seasons um until I got hired full-time into basketball operations. And so I just got really lucky with the people that um, took interest in me, you know, uh, John Paxson being, being the, the primary one, he was the GM of the Bulls. Uh, the GM before him, Jerry Krause, um, took a lot of interest in me and was, was kind of teaching me scouting and teaching me player evaluation. And John, um, just by chance, you know, he and I hit up and had a great relationship. And once he was named the GM, I was able to cycle over to basketball operations full-time. And 
Um, and I got really lucky, you know, Gar Foreman, the, the GM of the Bulls, eventually he, he gave, he poured everything he could into me. And in terms of like where to sit on the floor, how to watch players, this, this worked with a player, this didn't work with a player. Um, he gave me the responsibility of organizing all of our pre-draft workouts and John, um, and John really valued my opinion, um, at, at the end of my tenure with the Bulls and, and, and so did Gar and I, you know, was, uh, was hired here, um, uh, prior to the 2012, 2013 season. It's been an incredible, amazing experience. I've gotten to work with, um, two front office staffs, uh, a, a variety of coaching staffs and, yeah, that just every single day I try to take what I know um, and and pour it into our 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 staff, our scouting staff, um, anyone that I come in contact with. I just feel a tremendous responsibility to help them reach their goals and help them reach what they want to do. And while you know, um, really having the great opportunity to work with 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 Jeff and John. Um, and, and John Hammond and I, our offices are right next to one another. And it's basically just walking back and forth between the two of us all day, um, you know, going through things. Uh, and, and it's just been an incredible experience that I'm so grateful for. Um, and, you know, feel a lot of responsibility for, to, the, to the ownership group and, and, and to Alex Martins, the CEO, because um, when, uh, when I got here, you know, the team was coming off a very good run. And... Um, that we had a little bit of a success, you know, here and there in these, in these last 10 seasons, but I'm confident that we're on the right trajectory and the right path and the, the community and, and the, the, the people that work here for the organization, they, they deserve it, given how hard they work. And that responsibility is not something I take lightly either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, anybody listening to this can definitely like hear that in your voice, hear the, the love <laughs> and the passion that you have. No, for real. And, and, and just, you know, I, I, I really admire that. Um, obviously a lot of your interaction well part half of your interactions i would imagine are like with you know with with players and and looking at them and and having interactions right and then part of your interactions are with you know the front office and other scouts and 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 kind of reporting back have you ever had a situation where you you have to like give bad news or like or a player like asks you like hey like what what didn't you see in me or like and and yeah. do you how do you respond to that? Do you like answer them honestly? Do you just give it to them as is? And have you, have you given a player like some feedback and, and then seen them like have success, like take that into account and like find success in, in the ways in yeah. which you, you needed them or wanted to see, to see them kind of change or grow? Yeah. What a great question. And, and that's, that has happened. Um, and it's not, um, it's not something I take lightly either, because if they have the trust in me to give them feedback, um, I, my responsibility to them is to make sure that it's as transparent and, and as real as I possibly can make it. Generally for me, that happens, you know, via their player representatives yeah. and their agents because developing positive relationships and, 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 you know, mutually beneficial trust-based relationships with them is critical because especially at this time, um, because they'll know that, that there's, there's a, there's a, a level of honesty that I'm capable uh, and willing to deliver to them. And that that's me representing Jeff and John. And so I don't want there to ever be any sort of like uh, uh, misconception about that. I, I, it's my responsibility to be, you know, to give them, provide them with, with uh, honest feedback. And, and sometimes that's hard. It's hard to deliver that, but you're really doing it for the best in the, in the best interests of that player. And it's never like a, some sort of personal attack or, or um, 
anything negative based. It's really how to put yourself in a position to, um, uh, how to put that player in a position to succeed. And a Anthony Parker, who's our assistant GM, he oversees our, the player development program here. And he was the GM of the Lakeland Magic. Um, and that the last, his last team, uh, they won the G League championship in the bubble. And it's partly because of the, the, the um, it's a largely part of, because of the, the atmosphere that he created there along with his, his assistant GM, um, Tunji Adedipe. They created an atmosphere in that setting, which is very difficult because the G League is, um, sometimes the players can be a little bit, uh, they, they wanna be in the NBA and there's, there's a lot of anxiety about being in the NBA. And they created an atmosphere of, of trust-based feedback and communication. So that's, they all kind of came together there at the end. And Anthony is, is so good. He, he, um, he, he really took the, the, the stance of doing what's right for the player and then kind of figuring everything out after that. And that's something I really, when I heard him say that a couple of years ago, I was like, that, that's something that, first off, it says a lot about him. <laughs> and secondly, it, it says a lot about like the right way to handle players. So yeah. um, there are going to be, there's 400, there's only 450 roster spots in the NBA. And there's probably another 500 players that in some form or fashion could play in the NBA, but maybe the opportunity wasn't right, or maybe the timing wasn't right. And it doesn't mean that they are failures. So providing that feedback um, is, is what I believe is a responsibility to, to put them in a position to succeed and try to show them the, the, the pathway that from my perspective, that um, would do be doing that would be putting them in a position to see I'm not always right. It, it's, it's, you know, there's been several times where I thought, eh, you know, I think that player should try to uh, look at a different pathway to get to the NBA, maybe via the G League or maybe via um, playing pro basketball in Europe. And sure enough, boom, they've, they've made it the NBA, um, like right from the, the get go. So it, that is all experience and it's all understanding how these situations differ and change. And um, but but again, like really trying to, to do what I think you know, in, in those moments, in those times is, is best for that player. Next up, Matt Lloyd goes through the final countdown with me. But first, here's a word from our sponsor, International Diamond Center. We don't go through brokers or wholesalers. We go straight to the cutters. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire. You cannot get any closer to the source than International Diamond Center. With tremendous buying power and international connections that go back over 35 years, IDC can easily guarantee the best diamond value. We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere. Period? Period. So there you have it. You're going to get a bigger, better diamond. You need another period after that. Period. <laughs> International Diamond Center. Getting into uh, the last four questions, I call this the final countdown. Um, first of all, is there music? No, is there music that accompanies it? Okay. I wish we. Could, I I don't think that we have the rights to the final countdown, but every time I say it, it just makes me happy because I like sing it in my head. But nobody do, else. Do you know who to... the band? Do you know the band that sang the final countdown? Oh my gosh, my you're, parents, you're too young. My parents you're are going to like be so disappointed in me. Oh geez. Um, no, I can sing like I can sing it in my head. My parents are going to well, be so that, disappointed any, in me. Any, anyone that has been at a sporting event since 1985 has heard that song, you know. So it it, it, it in the fourth quarter, late second, in the third period of a hockey game, it's the band was called Europe. That Europe, was the, the name of the band. There you go. Sorry, I think they may dad. have been a one-hit wonder though. So, the, my I, well, yeah, my parents are like music people. So like, and they and that's like their brand of like I, yeah. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, okay, final countdown. <laughs> what, 
What is your Happy Gilmore-esque happy place? Ooh. Wow. That is a great, that, what a great movie. I'm just starting to think of all the great lines from that movie now. Um, I, you know what I really enjoyed the happy place. I really enjoy driving from, um, you know, one location and taking like a four hour drive to another one. And, so and maybe that's vacation. What's that? I was just, I made a, I said, so you're the guy like that's, yeah. I, I've never really heard that before. <laughs> I, I, I can't, that, that's the first thing that came to mind is, yeah. is those opportunities to, to, to be in a car. And it could be going on vacation too. Like last year, um, we drove nine hours to uh, my in-laws house uh, in North Carolina. And I just like that chance to be away from, you know, things and, yeah. and to, to kind of focus on the road, listen to, to music, listen to podcasts. Um, and I could take a call here and there or whatever, but uh, we've had, we had a couple trips this year. John Hammond and I did actually where we drove, you know, um, a four hour drive and, yeah. and I, just the conversation that, that, and the time that that elicits, I, I really enjoy that. I would say that. And I really like going to the movies. I really like going to the movies, like on a, on a, on a Tuesday at three o'clock oh, yeah. um, where, where I can, you know, just kind of disconnect for, for two hours and then go, kind of come back fully mentally charged. But yeah. I, those are the first two things that kind of pop in my head. Are you an RV guy? Like, do you have or is that like, do you see that somewhere in your, in your, in your like future, an RV driving somewhere? I don't think, like... I, no, I don't think I would have the capacity to set up a tent, you know, or, or <laughs> but that's to, why you to... have an RV because you just stay in the RV. But I, that seems a bit closed quarters. You know, <laughs> like, so um, I, I don't, and I don't know if I could drive it if it's so big and you got to look at mirrors and, and, and like three different mirrors and stuff. I, I, driving the RV is, is a little bit, um, to me would be like, eh, I don't know much. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it ha is there like a, a, a road or like a drive specifically that's nostalgic for you or that you like really appreciate? Yeah. Um, the, the, oof, let's see. Well, I, you know, I can remember when I first got my driver's license being so excited to be able to, my grandparents lived in Rockford, Illinois. And so being so excited to be able to drive to their house and I would just like randomly do it. I would call and say, Hey grandma, I'm going to come over, you know, for dinner today. Um, and it was far, it was like an hour and a half drive, but, but it was, you know, it was cool. Like yeah. I, I was able to, to drive drove up, drive back. And, um, uh, that one is the first one that kind of comes to mind because I can see coming off the highway and this, there's a hotel uh, called the clock tower and, and you'd circle around the high, you'd see the clock tower. And I knew I was 10 minutes away. There you, go. you know, um, that's the one that kind of was the first one that pops in my mind. Okay. If the Orlando magic team was a person, who would they be or, or how would you describe them? Ooh, the whole organization. Yeah. Let's go whole org. Yeah. yeah. If the Orlando magic organization was a person, how would I describe them? Um, I would describe them as someone that um, has a, a lot of talent in their chosen field and is starting to realize that talent. And I don't know if I can, you know, come up with an actor or, or maybe like or, a coming of some... age kind of person though. Then like, like the, what you said is like, you have a lot of talent and you're starting to realize it. I feel like, you know, somebody who's kind of like coming of age, like they're kind of coming into their shell. Yes. So someone that maybe is probably um, younger and, and uh, is, uh, we're, we're just starting to notice them yeah. and, and they've done, they've done something recently that probably was 
a lot, um, showed an experience level beyond their age. And you're, you're just starting to notice, I don't know who that would be. I, yeah. I don't know a famous person or, or, or like a, a, a singer or, or some, but we're the up and comer. Yeah. And, um, we're the, 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 that, that person that you, you, when they walk in the room, you think to yourself, well, I, I don't know who that is, but that's someone. Yeah. And, um, I think that's who we are right now. That's who we are right now. And, and just the history of the, of the team, and maybe it's coming from good pedigree, you know, where that, that, that in the past, that person is, is related to people that have had a lot of success, but right now we're that person that is on the cusp and, and, and we have, um, you look at that person, you see what they're doing and you see how they're doing it. You think that guy's going to be, or that guy, that, that woman is going to be someone really important in their field. I like that. That's good. That's a really good answer. Um, if you could go back to when you were first getting started, when you were, when you had just gotten hired in marketing, what -hmm. would you tell that younger version of Matt Lloyd? Oh, um, I, I, I know this answer. So I would tell that person, um, that patience is a virtue and patience is a virtue because there will be times where, um, you think you should be exposed to something or doing something that you maybe weren't, aren't going to be ready for, but the experience can come through observation and through watching and from keeping notes and being able to apply those notes to when you do get that opportunity. So your opportunity is going to come in some form or fashion, and you'll be prepared for it because you've observed the right people to, to, um, that have executed that, what you want to do in the past. And to not get frustrated and to not get um, caught up in what you're not doing, but rather focused fully 1000% on what you are doing. I'd like to think I did that, <laughs> but, um, but I know there were probably times when that, that younger guy was, was frustrated and probably didn't, didn't need to be frustrated um, because of the experience that he was gaining through ob- observing and through you know, periphery participation um, was, was extremely, extremely valuable. Yeah, I think that's that's advice that we all, you know, can can take, you know, the patience is a virtue and yeah, just keep keep going, right? Um yep. so what lastly, what is something outside of work that brought you some joy this week? Well, I Kaylee, like um so we went to the combine. <laughs> You're like I haven't done anything and, outside of work this week. <laughs> yes, we went to the combine and uh, last Sunday and from Monday to Saturday, we started our day usually at, at 8.30 a.m. With, with player interviews, and we ended it at 10 p.m. at night. So what is something that I did outside of work? Because hmm. I was going to say the, the night of the lottery, and uh, that, that does not apply. Um, can I go to – you know what? Here's one. Here's okay. one. I watched – so I, my flight yesterday was during this window, and I got home, and I watched um, the Spanish Grand Prix uh, Formula One. Okay. That's outside of work. That's yeah. outside of work. And um, during the, the quarantine, um, uh, we, we watched the, the Netflix series Drive to Survive, and, and it's about Formula One and just got so into it. Um, so yesterday, I, when I got home, I had unpacked, I'd done all my stuff, I tried to get a little food. Um, and I said, I'm going to sit down and watch the entire Grand Prix. And so I watched it on demand. And uh, that was something I, I did outside of work that that brought me joy because I really enjoy, um, I enjoy the sport. I enjoy watching it. There you go. I mean, and then inside of work. Yeah. That, that, that draft 
how excited were you on that night? How excited was the organization on that night? I wish I could show you this picture. It's in my phone. Um, so we had um, um, the, the, the first segment of the combine didn't end till 8 p.m. And the lottery was at 7 p.m. in Chicago. So we rushed out at 6.45 and we had an interview room at the hotel that was attached to the arena that where we were watching the workouts. We scrambled up there, ran up there. And um, the commercial break from when they, they get to the, to the, the four that have made the, 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 the top four, yeah. the commercial break between um, getting to five and when they announced the top four seemed like it was six and a half hours long oh my gosh, um, just because yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, we're in the top four. And then to see four and then to see three and then to see two. Um, I mean, it was just so cool. And uh, I was just, <laughs> I was just, again, like I was so happy for everyone that works here because they've all, you know, put, they put everything into it. Everyone that works here from top to bottom, the, 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 even the, the interns, they put everything into it. And to have that reward um, and, and that, that exciting moment was, was just so great. I, and then we went out to dinner um, after all the, the media interviews had been done, Jeff and John and, and Jamal finally met us out to dinner and, and we just kind of sat there and you know, took a, a <laughs> side and, yeah. and then, and, and had some food. And, and then we had to get up the next morning and start our, our interviews again at 8.30. Yeah, there you go. Oh, well, I am very excited for you guys. I, um, you know, I, I love what you said about the, about the organization. And I certainly have my eye on you guys for big things. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I know that you're a very busy man. So having, carving out an hour is not easy for you. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and really look forward to seeing, to seeing what comes uh, here in the next, what, 35-ish days. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was really, really fun. I really appreciate it. And thank you, fans, for listening. I found that conversation fascinating. I am so excited for the Orlando Magic and to see who they select on draft night. And we will have uh, digital coverage of that night. So be sure to follow Bally Magic on Twitter and then follow Bally Sports Sun in Florida across our different social media platforms. I'm Kaylee Mizell. Thank you so much for listening. Fans, be sure to subscribe. Send this to someone who you think that they'll get a kick out of it or, or want some more insights into how teams scout and get their uh, draft ready. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers today or exploretoyota.com and take advantage of the amazing deals on our full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. Again, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and we'll see you guys next week for Miked Up. I'm Kaylee Mizell. This is Miked Up. Presented by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981.